Hey, everybody, welcome back to This Is Not About Your Body. I'm Jesse Neeland. Uh, today, I'm going to tackle a question that somebody submitted uh, to my question form, uh, which is that they want to hear about how to adopt body neutrality when dealing with chronic pain and feelings of being held back by their body. Um, they wrote, I've been dealing with back pain for a while now that's been impacting my feelings about my body in part because I can no longer do things that I used to do, including moving my body in certain ways that I enjoy. So this is actually a really common topic um, in my client work, and I think it's definitely worth exploring here. So uh, thank you to the submitter of it. And by the way, if you all want to submit questions or topics for me to talk about here, you can do that using the link that I will include in the show notes. Um... So yes, let's talk about chronic pain. Um, also, other issues that come up around this tend to be things like uh, chronic health issues of any kind, especially chronic fatigue. Uh, this is another big one. Injuries in general, illness in general, um, sometimes disabilities. Uh, there's a lot that kind of falls into this camp of how do I feel neutrally about a body that is, you know, hurting me, right, or, or causing trouble. And I would say the first thing that we have to, to consider when talking about this is the individual's, um, how they hold the story of the thing. So uh, the story that we tell ourselves about what's happening has a huge impact on how we feel about what's happening. For example, if I woke up and it was raining and I really, really, really wanted it to be a sunny day, I might feel like the universe was out to get me and have an absolutely miserable day of being like, I can't believe this, the one day that it mattered and my, my, you know, I just, I never get what I want. Um, this is a chronic universe hating me issue. I would be totally miserable, right? Whereas if I really wanted it to be a nice day out and then I woke up and held it totally differently, like, oh, I guess the universe had something different in mind for me today. I wonder what it is. And I, I maybe got curious or I let let myself grieve briefly for the loss of the day I'd hoped to have and then stayed present with the day that was going to unfold, you know, it might not cause much suffering at all, if any, right? So the story that we tell ourselves about what's going on impacts everything. It impacts how we feel. It impacts the relationship we have um, with ourselves and with our lives. So most of the time when somebody says, I'm having a really hard time with body neutrality because my body is in pain or injured or whatever the thing is, uh, we have to start by understanding the story that they're telling themselves and where that came from and how that is serving or hurting them. And all of this is done with curiosity, not judgment. Like I, I would never be like, oh, you're doing this to yourself because you're, you're holding it the wrong way. This is not about blaming anybody for causing themselves suffering. It's just about trying to get a better understanding with neutral vision of what is going on and what is actually causing them the suffering, right? So uh, I've worked with many clients with like fibromyalgia and um, other chronic pain and fatigue um, issues. And a lot of times, the story that they will tell me in the beginning when we start working on it is that their body betrayed them. And usually this sounds like I was doing fine or I was like trying to get through medical school or I was in college or I was at a new job or I was in a stressful relationship. I was just trying to get by and my body just attacked me out of nowhere. Now, with a story like that, it's easy to see why they would have a hard time with body neutrality because it is not just 
the unpleasantness of pain. It is the unpleasantness of pain mixed with the feeling of deep emotional betrayal by a body that they now see as attacking them and unsafe by a body that they they easily hold as their enemy. That's a lot. That's a terrible feeling. It's a lot to hold. So I think understanding both where this story came from and how it's being held and also understanding how to unpack that and move towards a story that uh, causes them less suffering is really, really important. So for example, in the fibromyalgia clients, so many of them would be describing high, high stress environments that they were in right before they got sick. Now, this is not to say this is, there's no blame here. I have never once to a client been like, oh, it seems like you did this to yourself. My God, no. But if they are able to acknowledge my body and I were fighting on the same team to get through a really stressful situation and it was asking me to slow down and it was asking me to rest and I didn't have time or I couldn't, well, that's why it got me sick because it needed me to listen. It gave me no other choice, which means that you and your body are actually on the same side and always have been. And there is a feeling of um, healing and peace in that when a person can truly adopt that as their story when they can really understand and internalize that they are on the same side as their body, there was no betrayal. That can change hugely the experience of living in a body that is hurting them. So that's one thing. The other thing is to acknowledge that pain itself isn't necessarily such a bad thing. It's unpleasant. Unpleasant is okay though. Most people think of pain as like something to escape at all costs and something to be changed something that is untenable. But when you really think about the actual pain, it's just the unpleasantness, right? It's just that first layer. It sucks, but it, it isn't, you know, it can't kill you, the pain, anyway. It can't, um, it doesn't deserve as much power as we give it. I'll say that. I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite landing that point, but we give pain too much power is my point. We become very, very afraid of pain, and then that fear is a big part of the pain experience that leads to more suffering. Instead of just saying, this pain sucks, and it hurts, and I feel it, we say, this pain is terrifying, and it's ruined my life, and I need to escape it, and I can't, and I'm trapped, and it's horrible, you know? So the, the acceptance of pain is also a very big part of this kind of healing for people who want to move towards body neutrality. They have to acknowledge their relationship with pain and what is being layered on top of it? Are they afraid of it? What do they believe about it? Do they believe they shouldn't be in pain? Is there an existential question? Like I've worked with clients who would say things like, why would God let me experience this? Have I done something wrong? Is God angry at me? Or is this punishment for some choice I made? Like these are questions that are big existential questions when actually all that's happening is they're dealing with a medical issue. But we have to address those things because they create the story and they create the emotional power that the whole story has. So it has to be addressed. And I can't answer this for anybody. I can't tell anybody how to hold the existential meaning of their pain. But I can tell you that exploring it with curiosity is very fruitful if you're looking for body neutrality. And that for most people, there's a lot of layers of other stuff being uh, sort of surrounding the actual pain that is causing more suffering than the pain itself. Learning to sit with and tolerate the pain without running from it can be a really powerful practice. 
And it's hard. You know, it's, it's mentally, emotionally, and physically hard to do. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying, oh, of course, just do this and you'll be right as rain. Like, it's a difficult practice. It's in many ways an existential or a spiritual practice to do it. It's an embodiment practice. It's a practice in mindfulness. It's a lot. However, when you can do that, you free yourself up to not go into the other layers of suffering that surround the pain that say, if I'm in pain, something is wrong with me. Or if I'm in pain, um, it's because I deserve it. Or any of those, those sort of swirling layers and stories and fear around the pain. So that's another thing. Um, yes. And then in terms of other aspects of uh, sort of limitation, so for example, um, not being able to do movement that you love, I would say there is actually pretty much for everybody in this situation, um, but particularly around the loss of things like that. Like if you used to ski or run or dance and now you can't do those things, um, there's grief. There's a lot of grief to be had. And the cool thing about grief is that it is incredibly, um, it's active, it's useful. You know, it's a, it's a verb to grieve is active and it gets you somewhere. As far as I'm concerned, grief is like the bridge between before and now. It's the bridge that allows you to cross from the world you knew and the world that you know now. So it is only by allowing ourselves to grieve that we can get to a place of acceptance. If you are still stuck in the past and you're like, I refuse to accept this world where I can't dance because I loved dancing and I should still be able to dance and this isn't fair and I, I refuse to accept it, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to access body neutrality. Like you're just not. Whereas if you allow yourself to grieve the grieving of your loss, the valid grief work that you have to do to let go of the world in which you could dance is the bridge that will get you to saying, and now I can't and I accept that. Doesn't mean you love it. You're probably never going to love it, but that's why we're saying neutrality and not love here. Mindfulness is not about loving every moment. It is about just saying, this is what is, and I'm not going to spend my life resisting it. So there's a lot of grief work in um, illness, in injury, in bodily changes. Uh, for example, if you are in pain and you are going to be chronically in pain for the foreseeable future... You may have to grieve the life that you imagined for yourself before you were in pain. I know I do this with um, mental health stuff sometimes. Like, I didn't plan on having depression. So I, I really saw the last couple of years of my life looking different, feeling different. I didn't imagine COVID, of course. There's a lot of grief there. But there's also just grief at, like, the loss of the happy life that I had imagined for myself because depression made that impossible for so long. And, you know, I'm sort of, I'm in a good place right now, but I'm also aware that I may just be depressed. I may be a person with depression for the rest of my life. I, I don't know. I can't know. And so I have to let go of this idea that I would ever be something else. You know, and just accept like, I'm going to do everything in my power to stay mentally healthy and stay above and heal 
this depression. And I do believe there's a good chance that I, I just overcome it, but I might not. And I can't know. And there's grief in that. And likewise, if I was going to be in pain physically every day for the rest of my life or for the foreseeable future, and I couldn't know, there would be grief in that. Imagine, you know, you're, you're planning your new career and you're planning to have a family and you're planning whatever it is you're planning. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second, actually, I don't bend at the hips anymore because I have this injury or I'm so tired I can't get out of bed anymore because, you know, whatever's going on or I'm in chronic pain and nobody knows why. So I can't really do those things. All my plans get put on hold. The person that I thought I was gets put on hold. I get wrapped up in the maintenance and survival of my day-to-day life and I can't move as fast towards my goals and I can't like you know, maintain this image of myself that I used to have. There's so much to grieve there. And some of it is like really tangible. You know, if you can't play volleyball and you loved playing volleyball, that's going to be a really tangible bit of grief. But grief is the way. Grief work, which is to say allowing yourself to move through grief, to feel all of your grief, to be present with your grief, to tend to it with compassion and curiosity and love and care and respect. That is the way to move towards acceptance. And that is what we need during bodily changes, such as um, you, medical issues and, and changes like pain or you know last, lack of mobility, whatever it is that's changing that feels like really hard to embrace neutrally. It is because you, you maybe haven't let yourself grieve for the loss. So name that loss. What is it that you've lost? And maybe it's a bunch of things. You know, there's a lot of grief to be done for people who gain weight as well when they are grieving the loss of the thin ideal. You know, they're like, oh man, I, th- I thought, I thought I could be thin forever and now I'm not. And in order to like actually thrive, I can't be thin, but that still makes me sad because I wish I could be thin because I spent so many of my younger years trying to be thin. It's grief. You have to grieve it, the loss of this fantasy, the loss of the thin body you imagined you'd have when you were fully, you know, when you hit your goals or whatever, the loss of the life you thought that thin body would afford you. There's grief in in everything. (laughs) And you have to let yourself feel it and be present with it in order to get to a place where you say, okay. Okay. And that's where neutrality lives is that mindfulness of, okay, this is the moment. This is my body. Not, I love this moment and I love my body. I love being in pain. Just, okay, this is it. And it's okay. It's just not a problem. I I think this is a difficult line. Um, I know with pain, especially the, the questions of like, what do you accept and what do you work towards? Nobody wants to give up on getting out of pain. And I don't, I don't think we should. But each individual does have to acknowledge what it means to be fighting against reality, to be um, rejecting, pushing back against, sort of declaring to yourself, this is wrong. I shouldn't have a headache right now. I can't have a headache right now. I'm going to be mad about this headache right now. Like now it's not just a headache, right? Now it's an existential crisis. Now it's big suffering. Whereas the headache was going to be unpleasant. But if you had just said, oh, I have a headache now, okay, the rest of it would not have ever gained quite so much power to cause you to suffer. So there's, there's a line that each person has to be mindful of in their own experience of pain 
and the stories that they carry around it and the grief and the loss and what they need to do to get to a place where body neutrality is accessible. But I will say it is accessible. I work with people in this position all the time. I see how it works. I see that it can work. And frankly, I think it's a really important topic because our bodies are constantly evolving and changing forever. Um, you know, like none of us gets through life unscathed. So learning to live with neutrality in a body that is causing us discomfort is extremely important. It's a skill. It's actually a whole series of skills that we need in order to maintain a strong sense of our neutrality towards our bodies. And also, I have to say, this has to be paired with having a genuine sense of your own um, self-worth that is completely separate from your body, which means divesting from the idea that productivity is where your worth comes from and like capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy stuff where it's like you are only valuable and good if you can um, make things, do things, be productive, uh, you know, sort of go to work, all these things. Like there's a lot of ableist, racist, just infuriating uh, mindset stuff wrapped up in these systems of oppression telling us that our bodies have to be a certain way in order for us to have worth. Obviously, a lot of that means like the anti-fat bias and um, beauty ideals, especially for women and femmes. The idea that like you're only valuable if you look a certain way, that that's like huge. But beyond that, it's just also you are only valuable if you can do a certain thing, which is generally like to contribute to capitalism. Can you contribute? <laughs> if so, you're fine. You're good. And if not, well, now you're worthless. So there's this like horrible, um, I don't know, I get like a sick feeling in my stomach when I think about the implications for it because most people don't think about it until they face disability or chronic illness or injury or whatever. And suddenly they have to deal with the fact that deep down inside them, they have not yet divested from these values and therefore they believe they are worthless if they can't produce, 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 if they can't be fit and exercise, if they can't go to work, if they have to rest a lot, then they are worthless. Deeply disturbing um, systems of oppression influencing mindset and self, um, self-view, like that we're only allowed to feel confident or proud of ourselves if we are producing at a certain level, that if we're resting or recovering, we're, we're not contributing to silence. Uh, society and we're worthless like that is just capitalism and that is just systems of oppression but you can only access body neutrality when you have divested from that and can say I don't like how my body feels right now but that doesn't mean anything about my worth or I'm in pain and it's uncomfortable but that does not determine who I am as a person has no bearing whatsoever so there has to be that division as well just like for anybody else doing body neutrality, you have to be able to say, I am at a weight that I don't particularly like, but that doesn't mean anything about me as a person. Or um, I wish I was closer to the conventional beauty ideals, but that doesn't actually impact my value in the world or my worthiness for getting my needs met or being loved. Like these are things you have to be able to separate in order to have body neutrality at all. 
And the same is true when we're talking about um, chronic pain or illness or injury as it is when we're talking about beauty ideals and weight. So I hope that clears some of that up. Um, thank you so much to the contributor of this question. Um, please feel free to submit your questions, your topics, anything you want to hear about. I love getting um, ideas from y'all and hearing from y'all. And um, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time. <laughs>